Welcome to Conversations About Government in Iowa. This Iowa Legislative Services Agency audio program consists of interviews conducted by the Fiscal Services Division staff. Each brief conversational interview features an expert answering questions concerning a topic of interest within an Iowa State agency. Aquaculture. On October 18, 2018, Deb Kozell, Senior Fiscal Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency, interviewed Dr. Joe Morris, Aquaculture Extension Specialist at Iowa State University and the Director of the North Central Regional Aquaculture Center. The development of an aquaculture industry in Iowa was the topic of conversation. Hello, my name is Deb Kozell and I work for the Legislative Services Agency or the LSA. Today I'm talking to Dr. Joe Morris at Iowa State University. Dr. Morris is the Aquaculture Extension Specialist and Director of the North Central Regional Aquaculture Center. First of all, what would be a good definition of aquaculture? Aquaculture is uh, how I define it as the uh, culture of any aquatic animals or plants in some form of controlled environment. A lot of folks, when they think about aquaculture, the only thing it had is fish, but it's uh-huh. much more than that. Oh, okay. So, and what are the differences between that and regular agricultural? I get off to that, uh, asked that question, and speaking as a farm kid growing up in southwest Iowa, I actually managed the fish farm in Texas. And I would always think back to my days as, as a farm kid growing up, and a lot of the same similarities. A good animal husbandry is good animal husbandry. And so a lot of the things I learned as a farm kid, I used as a catfish farm in Texas okay. itself. However, there are some differences there. Aquaculture is faced with issues of limited drugs that's approved to use, limited feeds that can be found, sometimes limited amount of trained health professionals out there. A lot of time when people look at different aquaculture species, there's sometimes lack of basic information about that species itself that okay. can be harmful. So how did aquaculture, has it been around the United States for a while? Or? It's interesting because I actually have book and in my office from 1897 oh, yeah. it's out of the U.S. federal government. In that book you can learn all about how to graze everything from catfish to salmon to shad, American shad on the east coast. So it's been around for a long time and it has a rich history but not all species been cultured equally. Okay and then how long has it been since we started having aquaculture in Iowa? Like, is there a bit of long while, or? Aquaculture is actually has existed the state for a bunch of long, many people realize. There really? was actually some third and fourth generation fish farms in the state. Oh, there are? As a kid growing up, I didn't realize there was any fish, people growing fish. But there are people out there, and they, a lot of the ones go back to the 50s and the 60s. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. If you want to be an aquaculture farmer, how do you start, or what's a good place to go to, or? I've been at Iowa State for 30 years, and so I remember when I first came back here, there wasn't much information out there about aquaculture. Most of the information was uh, gleaned out of some of the southern publications that I was in the south for 10 years. And so as years have gone by, there are now public extension publications out there on mm-hmm. aquaculture, all facets of aquaculture. As there are people you can visit with uh, fish farmers, sometimes you can visit with them, hatchery biologists, the DNR, do your homework uh, quite a bit and ask the question is, all the information there that you need to develop a production? Are there any permits that are required to start an aquaculture? In our state of Iowa, you have to have an aquaculture unit license, okay. production unit system. That's 
itself. And then you have those you have to have, and what a lot of people realize that you have to do an annual report on okay. the production itself. You have to have permits if you bring in fish species into the state that's not native to the states. Okay. You have to have permission to do this. If it's not an indigenous fish, a species I should say, what you'll be asked is how are you going to contain them? You can't put them in a body of water that could get into the environment itself. Okay. Now is that with the Department of Natural Resources? Yes. Okay. And then if you bring also fish in that's all like channel catfish and rainbow trout, things like this, there are special health certifications you have to have because okay. the state is concerned about some diseases brought into the state. You have to have that inspected too. In addition, if you deal with transporting aquatic animals across state lines, you have to think about all the other states going through oh, uh, okay. and all those regulations go through. Be sure you're aware of what you have to do before you go into a specific state. We do production for food fish operations, things like that. You have the inspections and pills for any food products that you know, most all consumers would like to have that done themselves. Mm -hmm. And if you do wholesale, sometimes you have to do a HACCP plan for different organizations, things like this. What types of fish are grown in Iowa? Well, what type are grown, and then how long does it take to grow fish? Iowa has a wide variety of species. You know, compared to other states, I was in Mississippi for three years, oh, and right? there was a catfish, catfish, catfish. And uh, you go to Idaho, it's uh, rainbow trout. And Iowa has all the above. Okay. Everything from catfish to trout. We have a wide variety of species here, including those, including bait fish, including uh, ornamental fish for quarry. There's okay. a large operation in eastern Iowa. There are people raising some marine shrimp oh, indoor okay. systems. Like that. So Iowa's reflective of the Midwest itself. We have a wide variety of species because we haven't found the one species or species that's best that. And so you'll find probably most of the money is in the wildlife production, yellow perch production, things okay. like that. More what I call the cool water species and okay. some of the sunfish. Are basically these fish grown for consumption? Now you're talking about koi being well, yeah, it's Consumption is a more recent thing. Okay. A lot of the uh, production in Iowa has been on those multiple generation fish farmers. They have spent a number of years producing fish to stock out farm ponds, okay. things like that, or bait fish. Okay. In the more recent years, some of the bigger operations has been managed in place now, though a lot of those are indoor systems. Okay. And, they are, and they're going for the food fish market now. Okay. But you see a wide variety of species out there. So when they grow the fish, do they have markets they can sell them to? I mean, when you're a, a fish guy, farmer, aquaculture person, is it good to have your contracts and have all your distribution in place? Or You know, often those contracts are sought, but often they're not available. Uh, we do uh, if you produce fish for stock and farm ponds, you know what your clientele is. Okay. Our typical scenario for pond stock is large about bass, bluegills and channel catfish, okay. things like this. Food fish wise, I mean I used to run a food fish operation with channel catfish and tanks, it's the same thing. There are really no contracts, a lot of it's a local market, niche marketing, those okay. type of things. And uh, so from that aspect, going back to what differences between traditional agriculture, that, you, it's really, it's in your best interest to have a good marketing plan, what that's going to be. Okay. Like, you don't have people that are like fish brokers, there's more, it's, you're the producer, you actually go talk to the companies or the, the Companies and go through all okay. this and try to figure out, and uh, going back, I should have been, also you asked how long. Oh yeah, I know, I forgot about the this. Typically what you want to do is produce food fish within 18 months, the first year, year okay. and a half. You want to produce a animal, time about food fish, 
before that animal becomes sexually mature because okay. that's a wasted product for okay. eggs and that. So that's the reason why channel catfish doesn't do well in the Midwest oh. because it would take two plus years compared oh. to Mississippi. Okay. But things like tilapia, you can do it within the first year okay. in our system. So there are animals that are out there, but always think about that's for the food fish market. But if your marketing plan is producing fish or aquatic animals for some other facet of the market, may not be food fish, may be pond stocking, you may do in the first year, things okay. like this. Bait fish, you can do it within the first summer, Okay. things like this. Okay. So there are a lot of bait fishers, producers? Uh, not some. some. Usually there are a lot of these folks who are doing that as a secondary crop to it. It's a consistent product. And now a lot of the markets now is for uh, bait fish for both for stocking farm ponds, but also for the anglers, things okay. like this. Talked about production methods, indoor, outdoor. So I'm guessing people for stock, stocking ponds would go outdoor, or would it all be? Yeah, to well, it's interesting when um, most of the producers that's in the Midwest or have been for a number of years mostly are pond producers itself, okay. uh, and ponds in the Midwest are one to two acres in size, compared to the ponds in Mississippi is 50 acres in size. Oh a whole different scale. But so generally, that has historically been the traditional way of doing that. But then there's other methods you can raise fish, uh, raceways, which is nothing more than that state of Iowa has some hatcheries as race, which means large amounts of water go through in a small area uh-huh. and produce large production, but most of that's in public agencies and that. Okay. You have net pens, okay. uh, I've heard about pen culture that takes in throughout the United States. We all we do have some producers have net pins in there. All there is a net that goes inside of a pond and so you can easily get the fish okay. back out. I just visited with a farmer last Saturday. He's had net pins for five, 20 some years. Wow. Yeah, he's using a quarry pit for that. Two indoor systems and that's where a lot of the new developments coming in. You have all the resources contained within the system. An indoor system, very similar to intensive hog operation, you're controlling all the environmental conditions for that animal. When everything's going well, perfect. When things don't do so well is where some of the issues come in. And also with the indoor system, it's a higher cost item production, and capital costs are higher. And you really have to produce an animal on the other end that has a high value coming out. I also work with the Department of Natural Resources, and I've been to their fish hatcheries. So do the people that grow fish, do they consult with the department ever? Some of them do. A lot of the farmers who, not all, but some do. I mean, the uh, I've always been opinion aquaculture is the same no matter if you're a public or private hatchery. There's okay. some basic information out there, water quality issues, larval fish productions. So I tell farmers that they can glean a lot of that information from the DNR hatcheries itself, mm-hmm. but the agencies sometimes don't have as much experience as producing food fish items. So it's a different stage, uh-huh. but they have a wealth of experience and tradition about aquaculture. They can be a good source of information for them. Mm-hmm. And, for, and it, it's useful that for the private farmer to understand that there is a lot of hands-on activity that takes place to produce a quality product, and the Iowa DNR staff at the same issues with that. Okay, now we're talking about the water quality, so where do fish farmers get their water? A lot of them get from whales. Okay. And that, uh, whales, sometimes uh, surface runoff, some folks have uh, 
reservoir systems they pump out of it. Some it's municipal water source, things like this. And uh, I always caution people just because the municipal water source does not necessarily mean it's a good, it's good for you and I for people to drink, but there may be some acids, oh, aspects right. of that maybe the fish may not like. You like high nitrogen, oh, yeah. uh, gases, nitrogen, things like that. But most of it's wells and things like this, ones who have been in for business for a long time. Okay. So does the water quality affect the growth of the fish? Yes. Well, what happens with water because it goes back to what the issues are. There are very few drugs out there that's approved therapeutic drugs okay. out there. And it, you know, the success farmers I've seen over the years, it's in your best interest to be as proactive as possible. And if you have any uh, water chemistry that's not quite right, nitrogen, phosphorus, I mean not phosphorus so much, but pH issues, things like that, you're stressing the animals out. Okay. So most farmers who have been successful have done everything can do to keep, minimize the stress of the animal. And water quality is the issue there. And water quality is, uh, I always have an opinion that water quality, if you have something that goes wrong with water quality, it could be low oxygen, things like that. You won't, may not see the effect today, but you will see within 10 to 14 days. Okay. It's a stress, it's the animal's response to that stress. Okay, that's interesting. Um, and then uh, the climate, so what the winter we have here, is it hard for a uh, fish farmer for indoors? Yeah, it goes back to the three, third and fourth generation of fish farmers. Most you people know. have figured and out. I still remember when I came back up here in the Midwest from being 10 years in the southeast, and I had someone from, uh, I forget who it was, say, well, ponds freeze, we can't have aquaculture. We'd like to try to explain that to the cook farmers that have been doing it. So we do have variable water temperatures here. And uh, the successful farmers have been working around and, and do allow for that type of thing. For instance, production ponds. Okay. In the south, production ponds would be six feet deep. Here okay. in the Midwest, more like eight to ten feet. Okay. Do that. So you make those allowances for it. Are there any other environmental concerns, like... Um, air quality or any other problems? Well, you know, they always be the same concern. If there's a residue pesticides in the water source, that would be the same that you may want to be worried about. Sometimes if you deal with well, I know my house, we have a high iron content in the water itself. And okay. that affects larval fish, small fish itself. It doesn't affect adults, those are the type of things. Okay. Now, you also are the director of the North Central Regional Aquaculture Center? Right? Yes. Okay. And how did that center get started? The center you... started in 1988. There were five centers in the USDA NIFA program. Okay. And we're the last one that came in. Originally, it was uh, co-hosted between Iowa State and Michigan State University. And it came to us in 2012 when the director retired at Michigan State. Okay. So I had always been the associate director. But all center directors' goal is to work on commercial aquaculture development. Okay. A lot of that was part of the farm bill that came out in the late 80s. It was response to, and it continues to be the day, uh, aquaculture, uh, edible seafood is one of the highest, adds, uh, contributes a lot to the trade deficit to the United States. Okay. And it's response to that effort trying to do this. And so the idea is work on the private, the commercial aquaculture industry through extension and research programs itself. And so, in that said, our projects, and I'm giving a talk in uh, about three or four months, and our larvae, you like our portfolio that we have funded over the years, has been a lot in walleye, yellow perch, bait fish, drugs approved for uh, fish itself. Those are the type of things that our industry folks have indicated the need for. Okay. 
So did all the states around Iowa, have, does everybody have aquaculture kind of uh, industry? Or? You know, of all, in the 12-state region I deal with, you know, in the states, I was just looking at some of the numbers from the last aquaculture census. Uh, the the ones on the that's been very large numbers, as in fish farmers and economic impact in Wisconsin, Ohio, Missouri and Iowa has been similar in that size. Other states like Nebraska, it's because not as prevalent as we see in these states. And Iowa has been, you look at the growth of the numbers of fish farmers in Iowa over the last three aquaculture census, we had continued to increase those numbers coming in. Okay. And right now we have uh, about 100 license permit really? holders as of oh. 2017. It's highly variable. And it has continued to grow. Some other states, it kind of the numbers ebb in and out, would not. So we have that interest here. Okay. So as a USDA fund, your center, that yes, that's part of it's the all tied to federal money. And so then what we do is we don't pay from the federal grants itself. Uh, when we award the grant to like Nebraska or Missouri, there are no what we call indirect costs. Okay, uh, yeah. It's true money that goes to that program oh, itself. That's and that's the main reason, and I used to be, when I was associate director, we were the, in charge of all the extension publications, I still am, which is why we have the extension publications we have. Okay. We never did before. Very good. All right, do you see a larger growth in aquaculture in Iowa? I think it's going to be a steady growth. I think what has happened is, uh, as you look at the aquaculture industry, one of the main costs of aquaculture feed has been fish meal. Okay. And there's an issue from uh, sustainability as in environmental has been cost that. So as years go by, more and more of the fish meal is being replaced with, uh, with vegetable protein, soy and corn and things okay. like this. So we have a lot of foodstuffs in this region itself. I think there's a... I look around, I tell my own graduate students tell me this, that uh, the local food markets is growing and I think that's will be where one of the areas for the niche market for the aquaculture products. I teach an aquaculture class here at Iowa State and students are surprised at how you know, the majority of the fish you find available is imported into the United States. Oh, really? So I think there has to be a consumer acceptance, a willingness to pay for the extra money. Sure. But I think there's well, it depends upon the location. I think there's a role for aquaculture in that. In fact, as we have a grant, we have a project being developed now for the center that's being reviewed right now is to look at the market aspects for the north and central region itself, asking the questions, what would make the consumer want to buy a locally produced seafood product? All right, now we're almost to the end. So any closing comments about aquaculture? Or? The biggest thing I've seen, I mean, like, I was, when I first came up here in 88, uh, if you remember, what well, I was responsibly increased interest in aquaculture in part. As in 30 years I've been here at Iowa State, the one thing I would caution anyone who is interested in aquaculture is to think about the marketing plan, business plan, in addition to asking the basic information, ask yourself who else is going to be the suppliers of seafood sure. to the market itself. It could be seafood or bait fish. But this is a caution, you know, because you can grow a lot of fish, but you have to be able to sell at a product price that does pay for your uh, operation costs. Absolutely. Okay. And there are lots of information out there. It's a complete no. But the secret is to find out where the information is lacking. Okay. And I have always told some folks who uh, 
thing about aquaculture, you don't want to have be you don't want to be doing research at the same time you're trying to stay in business. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. Okay, well Dr. Morris, I want to thank you for your time. And additional information can be found on the Iowa State website. Yes. Okay. And Thank we you. also have a the North Central Regional Center have own website. Okay. Uh, and NCRAC, N-C-R-A-C dot O-R-G. Thank you. And that website too has been useful for the industry. What the industry people have told us is we have a list of all interstate regulations. Oh, great. You know, such regions. Oh, so. Very good. And thank you for the opportunity to visit about aquaculture. Thank you. Thank you.